this morning. Our first scripture reading is going to come from Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. I tried to get it all in this morning. I'm not going to get this message in this morning. I'm going to, I've entitled the message, What's Next? What's Next? I can't help but think of what's been going on this week. I mentioned the news cycle. If you turn the news on, what's the, what's the main news this week? The school shooting over in Florida. And that's why I entitled the message, What's Next? What's Next? As we start a new week today, who knows what may happen the next week or, or in our world. All week in the United States this week, the news has been reported on the school shooting that took place this last week. It makes us wonder what in the world could happen next. For most of us, we cannot comprehend a motive. And I mean, when I say that, we can't comprehend a motive or a reason why anyone would do such a thing. There is nothing justifiable. They hurt my feelings, so I did this. They bullied me, so I did this. Listen, there is not a motive that we can comprehend. When we look into the world as a whole, we see lots of evil events taking place that go without explanation. As I begin to kind of make a small list of things that are going on around the world, I I want you to know I can be very graphic. I do not choose to be. There are some horrific things that take place around this world that that, that would just kind of shock us in our boots. Most of us have heard of these things but most without any kind of motive at all. I'm reminded in 2011, the planes that hit the World Trade Center and, and the Pentagon, and what you, I'm telling you, they had a motive. It was very clear. They thought they could bring down the United States economically by hitting the World Trade Center. They hated the United States. You know what? That is kind of a motive. That was kind of a motive. But then in 2014, down in Nigeria, there's a group of men came in and kidnapped over 200 young schoolgirls. That's kind of hard to understand. Today we experience and we hear about shootings in the street. I remember they stopped one guy out in, in the street and he just got out of the car and began to shoot over in California. I'm reminded of the the shootings that are taking place in Chicago. Never hear about them anymore, do you? When's the last time you heard anything taking place in Chicago? 2017, there were 650 murders in the city of Chicago. You think about that for just a second. Uh, that's almost two a day. Almost two a day. Can you? Do you have any idea how many shootings and murders in Chicago have taken place this year? We're 49 days in, and there have been 240 killed in Chicago this year. Do you see that on the news anywhere? Haven't heard a word. you know why? It's just common. It's so common to us that people's lives are taken in America, it doesn't even, it, it doesn't even draw attention. We hear about nightclub shootings. 
We hear about school shootings. And I guess really one that really rocked the world last November that we really thought was a little more sacred, that it would never happen in a church, than we see last November someone stepped into a church. Now, what could possibly have been the motive for him to step into a church that he had never attended, that he knew no one in there about? No one had offended him. He just simply walked in and killed 26 people. Age had nothing to do with who this person shot without motive, without motive. I read in the New York Times report this last week on that November shooting of last year, and I quote, The motive for the attack was unclear. The motive for the attack was unclear. As many of the events that have been mentioned above, the motive is unclear. Why are these things happening? I do not understand. Let me finish the statement. I do not understand why our news media on CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS, there has not been someone every single day Stand up, open this Bible, look into it and read and explain to the people the motive behind every single event that is taking place today because it is written in black and white right in here and every single one of us should know it. It's here. Listen, it does not take a rocket scientist or an advanced theologian to figure out the motive behind every single one of these events. Believe me, it's not just because a preacher just outside of Livingston has figured it out. It's been here the whole time. And no one has brought it to the attention of the news media or the people around the world. I don't understand this. It's very, very clear. It tells us exactly what's going to happen. It tells us exactly what the motive of these individuals were. And and I'm telling you, these individuals probably do not even know their motive themselves. But the Scripture tells us what it is, and that's what I want to look at this morning. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Now listen. I normally, I normally read through the Scriptures pretty rapidly because I want to kind of get to the point that I, I want to address. I, listen. The Word of God is more powerful than anything that I've got to say. We, we want to go through here this morning... And I hope that as we read through some of this that you have already probably read before, it jumps off the page to you as we see the events that are taking place around the world today and in our own backyards. Verse number 18 starts off this way. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. 
Did you just see what that said? The ones that are doing the events that we have just talked about, they hold the truth inside themselves, but they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest, or it's made clear to them, in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, let me make sure we understand what this just said. There is no person in this world All men, when they, from the very beginning of time, when they see the creation, I want you to know that God has put in the creation of mankind the ability for you to know about God. It even goes on to say, it says, that you can identify the eternal power and the Godhead of God. So don't don't anyone come to me and say, well, what about those people in Africa? What about those people in these abandoned islands that these people live on that no one's told them about Jesus? The Bible tells us that God has made it clear to them in His creation that there is a God. And the Bible also tells us, if you'll seek after me, you will find me. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. It is made evident in the Scripture, that there is a God and that He has made Himself available to all of mankind. It tells us right here. So that there is no person that will ever stand before God and say, well, God, this is my excuse that I didn't serve you. It says they hold the truth, but yet they hold it in unrighteousness. Now, do you see where I'm I'm fixing to get to the motive behind these individuals that are doing the things in the world today? Look in verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful out because vain... Wait a minute. Let me start over. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They became vain in their imagination. Where is their imagination? Oh, my goodness, I wish you could have saw Kai this week, my little grandson. I want you to know if I could have seen his imagination this week, he has flew around our house two or three times. He has lifted cars with his bare hands. His imagination is just crazy. He thinks he's some kind of superhero. You just ask him. He'll tell you. He's got superpowers. His imagination just runs wild. The ones that deny who God is, and they deny and they do not give Him thankfulness for who He is, their imaginations are vain. They are vain. Let's go on and continue to see what happens in their vain imaginations and their foolish heart that was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, 
they become fools. So as we begin this morning, I want you to know the Bible recognizes and identifies the people and the motives behind all the things that we're seeing taking place around this world today. You've heard that, that saying, fact is greater than fiction. I'm telling you, it, it just not, it just not, I cannot comprehend why anyone would even think about what they're doing and doing these things. I, I just can't even imagine it. So in Romans chapter 1, in verse 18, in verse 28 through 32, go with me there and let's look at since, this is what it comes down to. It says, since these people have denied who God is, even though they recognize that there is a God, the Bible, the Bible says there's no such thing as an atheist. Now you listen, you listen to the people of the world, and the world will tell you I am atheist, or the new word, I guess it's been around for about the last 20 years, or they are not atheists, they are agnostic. In other words, they recognize no human or, or no greater creation, they are just agnostic. Listen, anyone that tells you that, the Scripture right here says they're a liar. That's what the Scripture says. Because the Bible says that all of them have recognized that there is a God. The evidence is in the creation. Oh, my goodness gracious. When, when, you see, when you walk up and you see a man and a woman or a husband and a wife and you look at their kid and you go, Oh, well, there's him. He just looks just like you. But that's not an accident. That's a creation of God. To see a tree grow from a little seed, to grow up to be huge, and they make lumber and houses out of them, that is not an accident. That's a creation of God. All of these things, it's evident. But those people who deny and they refuse to believe and acknowledge and recognize and thank God, their imaginations become vain. The Bible tells us in Job 28 and 28, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. It says it like this, and he said to man, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. Psalms 111 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and who shall he, and who follow his precepts have good understanding. So listen. To fear God is the beginning of something that is going to profit your life. Do you completely understand who God is? Maybe you don't this morning. But you want to know the, the beginning baby steps of knowing how to please God? Fear Him and wisdom will start coming your way. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's look at the results of those people who refuse to fear God. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 28, it tells us this. For the sake of our younger children in their reading, I'll be reading this following scripture from the New International Version. It says, furthermore, in other words, these people, this is the result. These people have refused to acknowledge God. They refuse to accept God. They refuse to thank God. They ignore who His presence is. Furthermore, since they 
did not think it worthy to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to depraved minds to do what ought not to be done. Now, I want you to notice what this says. God did not give them a depraved mind. This is what God has done. Listen, we didn't have school shootings in the 60s. We didn't have mass murders in nightclubs in the 70s. We didn't have people bombing trade centers and bombing unnamed places back then. We didn't have people coming into the churches. You want to know why? Because God's sovereign protection was over the world. He was over the United States and because we were a God-fearing people. God held His hand of protection over us. And there was a group of people that had a desire to do these things, but God did not even let their minds go to those places. Let me tell you, in America today, where we murder 4,000 children a day and we call it choice, God calls it murder. Let me tell you, when we... When we choose, do you remember the days when the PTA, the, for your young people, that's Parent Teachers Organization, uh, Association, when the PTA would meet and they were concerned about what was taking place in our schools, what was the first thing they'd done? They prayed. The school board meetings, what did they do before they started? They prayed. What did they do before every baseball game, softball game, basketball game, football game? They prayed. What, did, what, do, we, what do we do now? My goodness gracious, let's not offend someone that's in the stands, yet let's offend God by not calling out on Him. Heaven forbid that we put the Ten Commandments back in school. Someone might read them and lead them and, and start obeying them. We took that all out. And we are surprised that the things that are taking place today are taking place. We shouldn't be because... God removed His hand of sovereignty from the minds of these people. Their depraved minds now think only on evil. We can praise God that this hadn't started 50 or 60 years ago. But 50 or 60 years ago, the United States of America feared God. America doesn't fear God anymore. And we're surprised that all of these things are happening. Notice what it says in verse 29. Now that they, God has given them over to their depraved minds, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness. I just made this list. And my goodness, their minds have been given over to evil to greed, to depravity, to envy. Is anyone surprised there to see murder? Strife, deceit, malice. I am not surprised to see this word in there right up there with murder. Gossips, slanderers. Watch this one. God-haters. Insolent. Arrogant, disobedience to parents, faithless, heartless. Are any of these words ringing out, thinking about and hearing what has taken place? 
not just this last week, the last 20 years, heartless murderers, their mind and their imagination. I don't know that if they go and ask this young man that committed this crime this last week, son, why did you do it? How many times do we ask our kids, well, why did, why did you throw that rock through that window? I don't know. Why'd you do that? I don't. I, I'm, I'm almost positive. They'll ask this young man, why did you do that? I don't know. Ruthless. Senseless. <laughs> See if this one don't just stand out to you. They invent ways of doing evil. Now, I'm not, I, I didn't watch that much news coverage over this event. I just got the basics. He takes a cab or an Uber. I don't know what an Uber is. I know what a cab is. But he gets a ride to the school. He's carrying this soft case. It's got a gun in it. He walks in the back door, takes out his gun, and pulls the fire alarm. You know what? He's probably had a lot of different patterns that he could have followed, but he came up with his own pattern. How can I be more effective than the last fellow that done this? It says right there, the depraved minds invent ways of doing evil. Let me tell you, except for the grace of God, this man would have been free today. Walked through, done his deed, walked upstairs, put his gun down, and walked out with all the other kids. Had it not been by the grace of God and some attentive police officer that spotted him, he might have walked out of that town and never seen from again. Why is CNN not here with cameras today? Why is Fox News not reporting exactly what the Word of God says about the motives and the intentions of the things that are taking place. Why is this not all over the news? We have figured out why all of these things are happening in America because we no longer fear God. We no longer seek after Him. We no longer look for guidance and direction from Him. And that's what it boils down to. Amen is right. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1, listen to these words. Dear friends, this is my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. In other words, fearing God. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given you by the Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that the last days, scoffers will come, scoffers and following their own evil desires, they will say, where is the coming that he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on it is, as it has since the beginning of creation. Listen, Peter is warning you and I that in the end times, these evil deeds will be taking place 
and it is shortly before the coming of Jesus Christ. It's on us. It's on us. It is time that we as the church wake up. We, we've got to get away from the, the Scripture in Revelation says, we are stammering or we are stumbling along and we see these things going around us, but we don't know how to address them. Listen, we've got to get back in the Word. I'll, I'll read this, this Scripture here in just a second in Hebrews. 2 Timothy says this, 3 and 1 through 5, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, now, I'm going to read through these slowly. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, False accusers, incontinent, in other words, they're not able to control themselves, fierce, despiser of those, wow, despisers of those that are good. You do a good and a kind act, you'll receive persecution for it. They'll be traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasure more than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of those thereof from such turn away. So this is, this is what we come down to today. What are we supposed to do about all this? I do think that, that God's Word has explained it simply enough that maybe, maybe the light turned on this morning and said, Oh, I do recognize why the things that are taking place around us are happening. I, I recognize the Word of God has addressed this abundantly. It's, it's not in just one little scripture. It's all through the scripture that these things are going to be taking place. So, Brother Wayne, what are we to do? What are we to do? Let me tell you, just the opposite of what we're doing today. This is what it tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Oh, I knew Brother Wayne would throw that in there. We need, to, we need more people to attend church. Well, that goes without saying. Okay? That goes without saying. In a time that we live in today, this place should be busting at the seams to hear what the Word of God has to say about our society and the things are taking place. But that is just the opposite direction that the church is going today. Instead of us scheduling more time to study God's Word, instead of scheduling more time to worship and to praise Him and to recognize who He is, what we're doing today, and, and this is the common thing. Well, here... We don't have enough people showing up on Wednesday night. It don't even it costs too much to even turn the lights and the air conditioner on. Let's just cancel services. So the scripture says, as the days approach, what we should be doing? 
We should be assembling ourselves together more. We should be studying the Word of God more. We should be depending upon each other more, leaning upon one another as we lean upon the Lord. But that's not what's taking place. Sunday morning services are pretty marginal. You go to a big church, and I mean they'll have thousands upon thousands, 20,000 will attend church on Sunday morning. And 200 of churches attend church on Sunday night. Out of tens of thousands. But what does he tell us to do? As the day approaches, man, I'm telling you, we should teach our we should be teaching our kids the word of God because that's what's going to be the most important thing in these last times. Our kids should understand what's taking place because we've got them in the Word of God. This reading two or three scriptures a day, I'm just telling you. It's not enough if you're going to survive in our, time, our day and times today. It's just simply not enough. We need to be studying the Word of God. We need to be assembling ourselves together. We need to understand what the direction the world's going. And listen, we need to do something about it today. I believe that's what the Scripture tells us. We've got revival services starting next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning's too late. Next Sunday morning may not get here. The Lord may come back before then because He sees the direction that the world is heading in. I love the song, Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story How the Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood atoning Watch this Then I repented of my sin And I won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory Beneath the cleansing flood. Brother Wayne, what do I need to do today? If you don't know Jesus, let me tell you, you need to get on board. He came, He sought you, He bought you. All He's waiting for you to do is to accept what He's done on the cross for you. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You need to do that today. Christian, where are we at today? I'm telling you, we need to be more informed about the Word of God than ever before. He tells us in Timothy, be ready to give an answer for all of those who ask you about your hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Christians, we need to put all things aside. We need to give up these grudges. We need to give up the shame. We need to give up our past. We need to focus on who Jesus Christ is. 
The time is now. If you have family members that are not saved, we need to seek them greater today than we ever have before. It's time. Second Peter 3.18 says this. Talking to the Christian. Peter is talking about the ending of time as he is approaching his death when he writes this book. He says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be both glory now and forever. What he is telling us is that we need to grow in the knowledge. That only comes from us looking at Scripture. I hope we recognize this morning that this world is not fixing to get any better. You are going to continue to see these outbursts, these unexplainable uh, disasters that are taking place. I hope that after this sermon this morning, you can go and say, you know what, I can show you in the Bible why these things are happening. And it's because we have lost all fear of who God is. I can show you right here where God removed His, His hand of sovereignty and protection off of the minds of these individuals that have a desire to destroy us, but now they can come up with every imagination of evil, and it's because our loss of our lack of fear for the Lord. I pray this morning that we will make a decision this morning to recommit ourselves. If you're here this morning and you never committed yourselves, I pray this morning that you will give your life to Jesus Christ. We do not know what holds tomorrow. Little bitty church out, out from San Antonio, smaller than this one, a disaster took place. Never know what tomorrow holds. But right now, I can look at everyone in this room and say, you've got right now, because I, I see you. Right now may be all we have. Let's stand together.